0: Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp.
1: Hey, 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 everybody. I'm your host, Jeff Tharp. Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode number eight with Troy Black. Uh, We have a lot of ground to cover. So uh, without any further ado, I want to actually introduce uh, my guest today. He's a Christian YouTuber. A lot of you guys know who he is. A lot of you guys have requested him. Let's bring in Troy Black. Troy.
2: Troy hey what's up jeff hey, thanks for yeah. having me man
1: yeah man it's uh, the honor is mine I'm, I'm honored to have you on my show
2: no dude the honor's mine seriously oh, like no, I'm, no, I'm, no. I'm, I'm, yeah. no 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 yeah
1: yeah <laughs> Four, <laughs> so, 45 uh, minutes later <laughs> yeah 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 and anyways yeah um so before we get started there are some people that actually don't know who you are um so just i wanted to have you just explain a little bit of who you are, maybe your background and uh, you know, maybe when you started doing YouTube and all that good stuff. Yeah,
2: man. So I started YouTube about eight, nine years ago, something like that. Um, Just, you know, launched a Christian channel. That was after years of trying to do funny YouTube channels and never going anywhere with that with my siblings. Um, Yeah. And then the Lord gave me this word one, one day when I was going for a run and he just said books and videos. And so that kind of launched that, that idea of like, you know releasing writing books making youtube videos and i'm still doing it now um I, I really got more into the prophetic side of things about a year and a half ago mm-hmm. um it's always been like a prophetic ministry but i never put that out front you know like uh never really uh, talked about the prophetic side of it very much and then anyways the lord uh <clears throat> you know he just kind of like uh kind of threw me into the into the uh frying pan last year Mm -hmm. at one point and said okay now you're doing this and i was like all right
1: here it (laughs) goes yeah yeah, here it goes
2: and uh, it's been a crazy ride since then
1: yeah so it's something that have you always always operated in the prophetic or is that something that you know you started to notice oh whoa you know like you know maybe in your 20s uh yeah the the first
2: the first memory i have of it was actually i was probably about 10 11 somewhere in there 12 maybe and I, I started praying, you know, like a kid, you pray for crazy random things like you don't care. And I started praying that God would show me where my squirt gun was because I had this blue squirt gun that I had lost. And I was crying and searching the whole house for it. And suddenly I got this picture in my mind that was so clear. And it was behind and it was just a picture of behind this door, like in one of the rooms that, you know, and my parents had a big house with lots of rooms. So it was like you know, hard to find things anyways. And I was like, man, I wonder if it's there. And I like went in the room, looked behind the door and there it was right behind the door, you know, sitting on the floor. And I was just like, man, that's so weird. Like, that's so weird. What is that? You know, is that God? And then, you know, that was probably the only experience I had for a long time. And then, um, until I actually, what I, what I would call like my salvation experience in college, um, when the Holy spirit uh, himself basically preached the gospel to me, you know, and that was like, this it was like it was weird because it was like the start of like my personal relationship with Jesus and the start of like hearing from the Holy Spirit prophetically wow. at the same time. Yeah, it was it was super crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: man, that's really cool. So you, so you were raised in a Christian home, right? Is that
2: yeah, have- yeah, yeah, definitely raised in a Christian home. You know, went to church, went to a Christian private school, mm-hmm. um, Christianity all around me. Um, You know, and and I had a heart for God, like I had a heart that I wanted to serve God, I wanted to do what what God's will was. And I I did, unfortunately, did everything from a religious perspective. And, you know, it took years later to kind of realize where I was coming from. Um, But by the time I got into college and just got into like, you know, sin habits got into things i never thought i would be involved in Mm -hmm. you know and and also i felt like god had let me down in these big ways in my life you know a death in the family things like that where it was just like questioning god you know i got to this point where i was like i had been so religious about you know christianity that i thought i've messed up so much that now that um i'm you know it's going to be almost impossible for me to get back into God's favor. You know, it's going to be impossible for me to get God to love me again. Mm-hmm. And So my whole perspective of Christianity was based on this idea of like earning God's love instead mm-hmm. of receiving God's love through Jesus Christ. And the thing that the Holy Spirit told me that night, you know, when I was desperate, like just crying out to God, I mean, I had been in this place where I w- I was repenting for about nine months to a year. You know, just like every day, just saying, God, I'm so sorry that I'm such a terrible person. I'm so sorry. You know, like, please help me to stop sinning. You know, like this place of like desperation. And that was that came after a place of like deciding I didn't believe in God anymore, you know, and think and trying that, you know, it's like I was trying not to believe in God and I just couldn't do it. Like he just kept showing up, you know, and I was like, okay, I just like I can't get away from God. Yeah. And so I was like, I got to make this right. You know, and in trying to make that right, the Holy Spirit like met me, you know, like in, in personally and and just he like the the main two things he spoke to me that first night was just like, like uh, the first one was like, God loves you. And I heard it. And when I heard him say that, I, was, I got it. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. wow, I've heard it a million times and I never really believed it until mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. I never believed that God loved me like unconditionally <laughs> until that moment. And then the second thing was Jesus died for you. Like mm. you can be forgiven right now because Jesus died for you, and mm. I was just like, okay, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, no. yeah. No. I was. <laughs> uh, it
1: was, it
2: was, was the best day of my life. You oh, know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I think you know, there's a lot of people. You know, maybe not a lot, but there are definitely some people watching this that are in that place. You know what you described, where it's like there's nothing I could do. Like, like I'm so far gone. You yeah. know, and um. The the crazy thing is that there are people who are more that are if we're going to use your term there are people more far gone than you were who Mm -hmm. who are now walking with the Lord and have been redeemed by Christ. There's nothing you could do that could like and that this is something that I really loved about the interview we were talking beforehand. You had brought your sister Sabrina on. To your show and we'll put a link in the description of that as well because it's it's a good exchange between the two of you it's not just her it's it's both of you guys sharing your experiences but the thing i loved is is just like um you can't earn god's love like like it's freely given it's a free gift Um, yeah. and so lord i just pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to hit those people right now that are saying i'm not good enough i I, there's no way I could ever God could ever love me. no, absolutely that's a lie, a lie from the pit of hell. so yeah I just Thank you, um, that's a great that's a great um a great testimony man, you know um, and I think a lot of people face that when they when they uh, get on their own, um, you know in college, a lot of people have those moments where they're just like, your faith is going to become you know not your parents' faith anymore, and I don't know if that was the case for you. Where maybe it was like, I mean, because you just said that you worked operated in a place of just religion. Mm-hmm. Um, but that moment where you're like, oh, my goodness, like, Jesus loves me, you know, and it's like, it's not just something you say. It's something that you feel like deep inside. So um, now really quick, uh, before we continue, uh, before we move on, I had a question about because you grew up in a Christian private school. Mm hmm.
2: Well, and, I was homeschooled for a while and then in junior high I started going to private school.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if this is the case for you. So, but I've had friends that that was the case for them as they were in a Christian private school and I would talk to them about scripture and I just assumed that we we were on the same page in terms of, you know, being spirit-filled and all that stuff and they're like, "Jeff, I I hear what you're saying, but you got to understand I grew up in a Christian private school." the Bible's just a textbook to me. Like they literally said that. And was that the case for you or were you, was there always like you didn't doubt the Bible being the inerrant word of God? And
2: no, I always believed it was true. You know, I mean, I just, I definitely had like a connection with God to an extent, you know, I definitely believed God was there. I definitely believed that the Bible was true. I just, I looked at everything through that, that self righteousness lens so strongly that I I honestly thought God did love me. And I thought that Jesus did die for me, you know, for a long time. But I thought that those things were because I had earned it, you know, it's like because I'm a good person and because I've been such a great Christian, you know, I mean, I was hardcore. Like I would memorize chapters of the Bible for fun in junior yeah. high, you know, like I was like, it wasn't just for fun. It was like so that I could go to my Bible teacher and show them how much I knew, you know, like mm-hmm. above and beyond. And it wasn't like it wasn't coming from a good place. You know, it wasn't coming from a place of relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, it was coming from that place of like looking around, judging everybody else and thinking I'm better than everybody else. So I'm going to have God's favor. I'm going to have God's love. They're not going to get it. You know, they're not doing what I'm doing, you know, and then getting to the place where, when I realized I had, you know, dropped all the standards, you know, at that point, yeah, I did start questioning is, you know, that was into college. Like what my freshman year of college, I did start questioning it. And I started thinking, well, God's never really come through for me the way I thought I wanted Him to, you know. So maybe He's not there, and maybe the Bible is just a, a book, you know. Like at that point, yeah, I was like at the point where I was like, yeah, I don't know about about any of this anymore, mm-hmm. you know. But the, I think one of the reasons I got to that place was because it ha- it wasn't personal for me, you know. I didn't have that a, a, a real friendship with with Jesus yeah. up until that point. So
1: yeah, yeah. And here you are now, man. You know, like.
2: By the grace of God. <laughs> By the grace of God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Amen. Me too. <laughs> yeah. So, all
1: right. So you actually uh, uh, transitioning here. You had a a prophetic word you released. And how often do you would you say you you usually do videos on your YouTube?
2: Oh, multiple times a week. Yeah, yeah. probably like three times a week somewhere. And
1: are they always prophetic words, or is it? A lot like- of times,
2: I would say ninety percent of them are prophetic words. Yeah. Okay.
1: Nice. So you released one actually, and it was about September 28th and 29th, which is the day that we're recording. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. I I love it. Um, Mm -hmm. and so uh, I just wanted you to talk a little bit about that prophetic word.
2: Yeah. So I'm not going to say much about it, mostly because it's still today. It's still the 29th. And I Mm -hmm. usually try to like, uh, kind of share the results of a prophetic word, at least, at least like a week later. Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, if, if anyone listening is wondering, you, you, I've probably shared a video about it on my channel by now, you know, yeah. by the time this comes out. Um, but I will say this, um, I jumped on, you know, usually the first place I go to check to see what's been happening is obviously like the news. Um, sometimes that's not where, the it, you know, sometimes the Lord is more specific in what, what I'm actually expecting. Um, so I don't go there. But this time I jumped on on the 28th. Um, and somebody actually sent me a link to this uh, as well. And this was after I'd already seen it. Uh, but I, I believe it, it, there's two things that are involved. And definitely when I do a follow-up video, it's going to be more in, you know, in-depth. And there may actually be more, you know, that, and I, I mean, there might be stuff going on right now that I don't even know about. Right. Um, but the two things uh, that started happening yesterday, one was the, uh there's a potential government shutdown due to a House-passed bill blocked in the Senate. So that's one of the things. It very political. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, my stuff is not very political. The, this definitely is, and I didn't know ahead of time. Um, so yeah, potential government shutdown. That's one of the things that hit the headlines um, pretty hardcore yesterday. And then the other thing uh, is that there was—I don't know if you know about this or not. There was. There's been a testimony um, before the Senate by several major uh, leaders of the military. Mm-hmm. Um, that hap- happened yesterday. I think it's still happening now. Yep. Um, and it basically they have <laughs> gathered together to try to decide, and this is me saying it in my layman's terms, as best as I know how mm-hmm. to try to decide who's to blame about what happened in Afghanistan. Yeah. Um, that's one of the big things. And I think that this word was specifically uh, connected to the way the world sees the United States now. Um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of shame involved with, what has happened in Afghanistan. And I think there's a lot of like regret. And um, I think there is, uh, I honestly think there's a huge, with both of these things the happening on the same day, the potential shutdown and the, uh, the blame game, you know, with Afghanistan and everything. Mm-hmm. I think there's actually a picture of uh, a prophetic picture of what we're talking about today, um, like an illustration in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because both of them have to do with disunity,
1: Yeah,
2: you know, disunity in the government. Like the only reason why the government was shut down is because we've got multiple sides who can't agree to work together on what to do about it, <laughs> you yeah. know, or, or can't agree to, uh, in a sense, compromise, you know, mm-hmm. and I, you know, and I'm not, I'm never for compromising on, you know, religious, uh, religious beliefs, like what we believe is God's stance on the matter. I'm never, I'm never in, you know, in agreement with compromising on that. Yeah. But when it comes to practical things, you know, I think one of the reasons why we can't be unified in our government and why, you know, it's kind of an illustration, but why we can't be unified in the church is because one side is offended at the other and the other side's offended at the first, you know, like there's all these offenses that are happening and it's basically creating a stalemate you know, and, and I, and honestly, that's what I felt like, you know, um, you, you, you you had kind of asked me to talk about something specific today. And what, what the Lord started kind of sharing with me, um, was just like, there is a stalemate happening in the, in the, in the kingdom of God, there's a stalemate happening in the spiritual realm. And it is because there's a fence on both sides. Hmm. There's a fence happening. Yep.
1: Yep. Yeah. And, um, we're going to put a link to the description of, of the video that he's talking about just so you have that. And also I'll just say this now, if guys, if, if Troy has posted a response video, I'll make, we'll make sure to post that in the link as well, just so you can go directly there. Um, and also subscribe to his channel as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, um, so I,
2: I will say this, some people are going to, you know, I don't know if those things were planned, the the whole government shutdown issue and like the Senate committee and all that. I have no idea. They, they might've, you know, by the time I had released that prophetic word several weeks ago, they might've already planned for those things to happen on these days. Yeah, But someone like my wife will know that this is a, uh, pretty accurate simply because she knows I don't know anything that's happening in the world. <laughs>
1: yeah. So do you not typically like watch a lot of news? I
2: don't follow the news at all. Yeah. I, ne- you know, I hardly ever know what's happening unless I'm getting on to look for something specific, mm-hmm. you know, or I'm getting on to see like what has happened since something was released.
1: A lot so, of prophets do that exact same thing and they actually don't watch each other as well. And then they'll find out, Hey, you know, you know, Johnny Enlow said this and uh, and then said this or Amanda Grace said this and Troy Black said this, you know, and um, and that's what that just adds to the credibility.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a confirming thing that happens to me all the time. Yeah, I don't I honestly don't listen to very many prophetic voices, you know, for that reason is because when when I hear that they've said the exact same thing that I said, you know, or that the Lord shared with me, I'm like, okay, that's it's just another confirmation that 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 what the Lord said was accurate.
1: And honestly too, I think it's just wise. I think it's, I mean, quite honestly, I think it's wise for a lot of people uh, just in general, not even if you're prophetic, you know, like a prophet is um, minimizing how much we ingest because Mm -hmm. it's like those types of things can affect you. And even just the way you pray, Cause you're already thinking about something and then you're like, "Oh, I think I'm thinking about this extra hard now. I think the Lord's ha- highlighting this to me. You're like really yeah. isn't the five hours you spent researching it earlier, yep. you know? So um, yeah, I just think that adds so much more power when somebody in your position where you're like, I don't even, I don't even know. Like, and then all of a sudden people are like, dude, did you get a load of this? So um, yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we're still in the middle of of your, you know your prophetic word but even yesterday i was noticing some stuff knowing about this prophetic word that you had released um and just seeing some interesting interesting things that have uh either interesting details that happened from prior days that are now resurfacing um you know but
2: uh it, yeah. you can feel free to share cuz i am well yeah i mean <laughs> it'll help me not having to yeah, <laughs> look it you know, up I mean, as much.
1: one of the things that you said was 20 uh september 28th and september 29th will be significant days in the history of the world Mm -hmm. um and and so obviously um america being you know the leaders you know some of the leaders of the free world um impact the world's climate a lot and so a lot of my stuff is pretty much just focused on america but there's i know there's other places and i'm sure people who are watching from Australia or Thailand or wherever may go ooh actually in my country this happened yesterday you know but there was one thing that was really interesting that um, Biden had shown that he was getting his booster in the White House the day before and then yesterday a, f- a photo surfaced of him inside a press room with a fake White House set um, and uh, and so I found that really interesting because I think a lot of people now are gonna start, Questioning a lot as a result of seeing that, where you're like, if that wasn't real, when what else isn't real? And um, and then the other thing that I had noticed was that the generals all before the Senate, um, because basically what had happened is in an interview, Biden stressly, you know, you know, explicitly said no no one told gave me any advice about leaving afghanistan at all no one did at all and so the the controversy there is that these generals are testifying or just leaders in the military are testifying right now and saying the exact opposite um under oath and so um yeah so i think everybody just keep your eye out and uh use yeah that's crazy use i think the,
2: the one of the words i got when i was just praying about it yesterday was just accountability you know, just like a, a lack of accountability, and you know, it's like it—it it, it does. It affects it. It—it it affects the way the world sees us as a country, but it also affects you know the way we operate in the world as a country, like our ability to actually do things.
0: Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire Podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com/slash/donate.
2: You know, and that that Afghanistan everything that's been happening, the, the tragedy really is how I would describe it is it's, it's hit home for me, like personally, because one, somebody I know very, that's very close to me was actually there, wow. um, during all of it, you know, so like, wow. uh, yeah, like not in the country, but, you know, helping with, um, the evacuation and everything. So it's mm-hmm. like that, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's just, uh yeah. <laughs> It is. It's kind of an extreme, an extreme situation. Yeah, and
1: one thing that I've noticed from a lot of prophets speaking right now, um, and it's just a, I, I just feel it in my spirit too, even without that. Is just there's a, there's a kind of a heaviness in there, and it's not necessarily like a depression for me per se, but it's definitely like a feeling, like a, like a heaviness, like God's in the process of moving a lot of things and exposing a lot of things, and even in the process of those things about to be exposed mm. just in different facets. It could be in the church. It could be, you know, in government, it could be in the media. It could be all of the above. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just really, a lot, I've been noticing that a lot lately. There's just this kind of heaviness.
2: Yeah. Um, it could be in the world and the climate too, you know, uh, ABC released something else I, I noticed was ABC released um, something yesterday called a, like a special called a year of extremes the climate you know like talking about all the crazy things essentially looking back at everything that's happened this year and and asking that question like why why are we why is the world acting the way it's acting you know like and that that to me is like well if you're a christian you know why (laughs) you know it's like you know these are birth pangs like these are this is the world like essentially like groaning and saying like okay we're like getting closer you know like Mm -hmm. um but uh you know and obviously jesus said like more of that is going to be happening the closer we get to the end the end times and you know that his returns like obviously we're going to see more and more signs n- not just i think in w- within the culture and and society and the countries but also within the world you know that
1: yeah uh, and i think it's worth noting too that yeah like yeah we're seeing a rise in evil but god the good is going to to match and overpower that whatever evil there is there and what satan does is he tries to get us to think that we're smaller than we are we're more uh, isolated than we are Mm and that we're but it's not the truth and so um uh
2: yeah one thing i've noticed is like the devil's always playing catch up you know he's always like He's always doing something but if you look at what god did before that he's like mimicking what god did you know he's either doing the antithesis of that or i don't know if, i don't even know if that's a real word yeah but antithesis, <laughs> antithesis yeah, yeah, yeah. um <laughs> yeah. uh, he's either doing the opposite of it to like counteract it or he's trying to come along mimic it and like make people think that he's in control you know like he, yeah. that he's got something going on that we should be worried about or afraid yeah. of and it's like no, if you already knew what God was doing, like, you wouldn't be afraid of what the devil's doing. Wow, you know, yeah,
1: appreciate it. Yeah.
2: like, I mean, I mean, the cross is an excellent example of that. You know, like the disciples were like so like freaked out. They're like, oh, my gosh, like kingdom of darkness is winning here. You know, like, but they didn't realize what God was doing behind the scenes the whole time, you mm-hmm. know, like and that God was actually using Satan's plan and, and the, you know, the demonic influence of the Pharisees and the religious leaders. Like God was using that as a puzzle piece in his plan, you know, and, and at the end of the day, obviously, you know, we can't judge the disciples too harshly because they didn't know, (laughs)
1: Yeah. but,
2: but yeah, it's just looking back, you can see it. And it's like, if we can look back and see God's plan, we should be able to look forward with faith and believe that he has a plan too. come on.
1: Yeah. And that's a really hard thing that, that segues perfectly into kind of your next point in your notes, which is, um, it's uh millennials and gen z and their aversion to miracles and and something i say a lot on this show uh and i'll probably repeat it almost every episode is engage your faith um and i think that i've talked to a lot of people who have a real issue with engaging their faith because they're like well but i haven't seen um i haven't seen that type of miracle yeah um, like I was talking to a friend the other day and we were talking about somebody who has like a short arm. And I was like, dude, we should pray for it. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> he's like all awkward. I was like, well, dude, like, and he's like, yeah, but it won't grow back or anything. I'm like, yes, it can. I'm like, are you kidding? It's like the same power that writes Christ from the dead. Like, like, you believe that? Like, come mm-hmm. on. And um, and so uh, I just think it's hard to like, you, you know, there's a lot of people that I've that never seen a miracle but i'll tell you that it scales it's like if if that's your criteria of oh, i just haven't seen it it's mm-hmm. going to scale so when you do see the miracle that you're like oh i've never seen uh i've never seen somebody's eyesight re- restored and then yeah. you, and then okay now i saw it okay now it, it can be done and then it always scales so then it's like well i don't know that uh some, god can heal that person's broken bone and then you see it and then you're like oh okay yeah no i know they can and then it, it's always going to scale yeah you know if that's your criteria it's always going to scale. Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about, you had a great, like a vision um, regarding this whole thing of millennial, Gen Z and their version of miracles, prophecy, et cetera. So I wanted you to talk about that.
2: Yeah. Okay. I'll jump into that in a second, but she made me think of this thing that I feel like yeah, I yeah. need to say. And yeah. it, uh, it's that, uh, that idea, you know, Jesus talks about how, like to him who has given much, you know, more, m- Like, no, sorry, I'm mixing two verses, but it's essentially like to him who has much like more is given. But to him, who does not have even what he has is taken away from him, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think that specifically can apply to faith so like directly Mm -hmm. because you have like even a tiny bit of faith and God's going to give you more faith, you know. And it's like that little faith is going to cause miracles and then you're going to see it and then you're going to have more. But if you have none, it's like even the small amount that you have like if, if it's always, if that's always the default reaction is like, well, I just don't know. Well, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, even what you could potentially see, you're not going to see, you know? And it's anyways, I, I, um it's funny that you mentioned like eyesight restored too, because I got a, I got a word like a couple of years back, me and my wife were like standing in, and I'm going to get to this prophetic word in a sec. Yeah, no, my no. wife were like standing in a line, like in our, uh you know, we're w- with our church and several other churches here in our, uh our hometown and we're giving out food, you know, to people that need, that were hungry and stuff and anyway so these cars would drive up we'd give them food and then they drive to the next spot and we'd pray for them. and so me and my wife are in the prayer line and we're praying for these people and i just got this word from the holy spirit he said the next guy that comes up won't be able to see out of his left eye Mm. and it was so specific and i was not used to getting very specific words like that like words of knowledge you know for healing and i was just like i was like whoa i don't you know (laughs) i don't know what to think about this Sure enough the next car that drives up the guy looks at looks up at me and I can tell his left eye is like halfway shut and it's like Come on. just white. I can't see it, you know. I can't yeah. like see a pupil or anything and I was just like and you know, unfortunately I got I literally got scared in that moment and I just yeah. I I told him what God said, but I didn't pray for it. And I looking back, I so regret it because mm-hmm. i i shared with him i was like and i shared a prophetic word with him i was like god wants you to know he's thinking about you god wants you to know he came he 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 knew you were driving up to right here right now you know and and he got to share some of his story with me i mean like he had actually tried to commit suicide and that's why he couldn't see out of his eye wow um, he had shot himself in the head yeah yeah real wow. you know real dark and his wife was i didn't realize she was on the speakerphone with him and so when i started sharing this with him She starts speaking over the car phone, and I didn't know she was there. And she starts telling him, You need to share with this guy, like your story, you know, like and get him to pray for you and stuff. And it was all awesome, except for the fact that I didn't pray for his eye. Yeah. You know, like I was just like, and I got the word and everything, you know, and there was like, there was faith there, but I just didn't grab onto it. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, so we, uh, I had a healing service on my channel. a week ago, a week ago. Yeah. And I got another word that a lady was not going to be able to see out of her left eye. And this time I shared it and prayed, <laughs> prayed for her. And we've seen a lady, uh, a lady commented saying she couldn't see out of her eye before the service. And after she watched it, now she can. Mm-hmm. So That's it's awesome. like that it, literally I can see the difference between just grabbing onto that little bit of faith that the, that God gave me and actually doing something with it, you know, and then getting to see a miracle come out of it versus having the faith there and just not responding, you know, like not grabbing it, not saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this, even though it's uncomfortable, you know, it's not what I'm used to.
1: And anyways. Yeah. But I think that that's something that's, that I love that we keep coming back to on this show is, um, Elijah fire, not just this show specific, this episode specifically, but is the whole idea of like, just being transparent about like, yeah, man, let me tell you some failures where, like, I heard crystal clear, God speaks something to me and it showed me a vision of what was going to happen. It was the same thing. I just totally chickened out, you know? And, um, and I, I had the faith to believe that that's what God was showing me. Absolutely. But then it was that, that extra step of actually stepping out and, and doing something. And I think this is also something that a lot of people feel. And I know I've felt it as well as like, I don't want to give somebody false hope. You know, like, I want to see them healed. And I believe that God wants to see them healed. But what if I pray for them and they don't get healed? And it's like, yeah, but like, what if, what if they do get healed? Like, that's not for you to decide. I mean, yeah, obviously it's your choice to hear from God and then engage as a result of it. Mm -hmm. But God's the one that heals, not us, you know? And like the other day there was this guy, I was driving and he was in this walker and it's like, he was like in the street and he was trying to get into a parking lot and he couldn't get his walker over like where the, the parking lot meet entrance meet and where the actual street met. It was like, stuck yeah. like there. I could tell he was like wincing and I was like, Oh, this dude's getting healed. We're going to do this. I'm going to help him. And then I'm going to pray for him. And so I get out and, um, uh, it was funny cause I was wearing a Superman shirt too. And I was like, you know, <laughs> I'll save you, um, but, uh, <laughs> not quite. No, uh, but, um, yeah, so I, I, and he actually didn't speak any English at all. He just, he was, he spoke, um, his, um, Spanish and, uh, and so I kind of had to signal to him, like, get in your, you know, sit on your Walker and I kind of pushed him up and I noticed he was like, ah, ah, and I was like, oh dude, it's his back, his back is hurt. And I was like, I mean, I'm like on fire. I'm like, this dude yeah. is getting healed. Lord, let's go. And so I sit there and, and, um, you know, I'm, you know, Hey, Seuss, Hey, Sus, Hey, you know, like, and I was like, and I, you know, pointed like, where's it hurt? And he goes, Oh, back, you know, and he said that. And then, so we're sitting there and I'm praying. and I'm just, nothing happens, nothing. And, you know, I pray again, nothing. And then he kind of was just like, Oh, gracias amigo. You know? And he's like walking away. And I was just like, Oh man. But I was like, you know what? No, I was like, I don't get to decide. Maybe God was after something else. It's like if, if it was me that put it in my mind. He's get, that back is going to get healed, but maybe God was after something else. Also, I don't know if twenty minutes later, all of a sudden, he feels a pop in his back and he's healed. Maybe God was doing something else. Maybe he has an issue with white people, and that he's like nobody, nobody, no white people care because I don't speak English, you know. And me going and helping him because then this, at the same time, this lady walks by. And she's like giving me a thumbs up, you know, as I'm praying for him. And I'm like, maybe it was for her too. Like, maybe she was like, you know what? I should go do that. I, okay, I'm going to start praying for people too. It's like, we just don't, we just don't know.
2: I think a lot of times, obviously, it's not up to us to heal somebody. It's up to Jesus, but it is up to us to love somebody, you know? And that, that to me, it's like, yeah, there is a chance that people are, you know, we're going to get, their hopes up or whatever, you know, or something like that, or they're going to feel disappointed or whatever. Mm. But to me, it's like that, that is negated by the love that pours out of us. You know, if, if we, if we treat somebody with like, you know, disrespect or like, you know, in a mean way while we're praying for them, then sure. Like (laughs) we can expect them to walk away from it. And have, have had a bad experience you know like i've had a bad time and
1: yeah <laughs> anyways
2: like it, it's just not like it, it's it's not the same when you're loving somebody and they can tell like this person cares about me they're only doing this because they care about me mm-hmm. and even like helping the guy up first you know it's like if you can offer them some some help in the moment like offer them mm-hmm. some help in the moment you know like yeah. and and they'll they'll see the love of christ you yeah. know through it's that yeah. um so yeah yeah, um, you're gonna have to remind me which prophetic word you're talking about. So it's, uh, <laughs>
1: you, you saw it was a vision of you the phone. Yeah, phone, the phone. Okay,
2: okay, yeah. So I got this vision of this phone, like you know, one of those old, like, kind of '80s looking, '90s looking ones with the answering machine, the big old thing. Anyways, it's what I, it's what my parents used when I was a kid. Yeah. So
1: just in case anybody has no idea what this is, there was a phone, and instead of you have your voicemail, instead there was an actual machine that had a little tape in it, a little mini tape, and it would record. voicemail so that's an answer machine
2: yeah i'm i don't even know what an answer machine is (laughs) (laughs) anyways and and this is what i heard the holy spirit say after i saw this he said this this is the call like you know phone call or whatever Mm -hmm. this is the call i'm calling this generation to steward my presence and then i had this impression of immediately after that that like some of us younger folks you know myself included like i'm in a millennial technically Jeff actually had to tell me what I was before the, before we got You're on welcome. here because I welcome didn't even know club. what I felt. Right. Yeah. And uh, anyways, I was thinking I was Gen Z, but obviously not, you know, I'm not that young. But uh, yeah. So, so some of us, like we, we've never used phones like that, you know, or, or maybe I used a phone like that when I was real little, but obviously haven't had much experience with that. Um, but, but this, the impression the Lord gave me was like, we need to be willing to get in touch with those who have, you know, like, To steward God's presence, you know, if you look at the way like a family stewards their money, you know, like in order to steward like an inheritance, well, you know, especially let's say it's like a family business or something like, you know, like what was the vision of the parents for that for that business? You know, and if 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 the parent dies and the children inherit the business and then they all fight over it that wasn't what the parent wanted, or they all say, well, we're going to do this with it. And then it goes under because they didn't understand the business, you know, whatever it was it's like, there's something that they had to connect with the older generation in order to steward well, steward well, you know? Yeah. And that's what I feel like the Holy spirit is saying. Like we need to get in touch as the younger generation with those who have the presence of God on them and, and, and walk in unity with them, you know, like unity. And that was the illustration, you know, the political illustration I was sharing earlier is like, that is what that is. Like there is, um, there's an opportunity for offense to happen between the older generation and the younger generation, especially when it comes to signs and wonders and miracles and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's an op- there's opportunity for offense to happen on both sides. You know, one side is not, you know, more holy than the other side when it comes to like offense um, necessarily. Mm-hmm. It, um, but like we have a decision to make. We're either going to connect, you know, and I, I mean, I have a super cool testimony like Um, I, uh, I was on the, uh, uh, Sid Roth show, you know, like a month and a half ago, something like that. And beforehand I was talking to Sid, you know, and he's just said, like, he was like, do you have, he was asking me questions like before we started the interview and he was like, do you have a mentor? You know, somebody who's gone before you and like experienced some of these same things you're experiencing with God now who can speak into your life. And I was like, you know what? Not really, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, I have some people who, you know, have the prophetic gift, but I don't have somebody who has has experienced it in this way you know like Mm -hmm. that's of the older generation you know that could speak into my life and and so i prayed you know i just started to pray about it you know immediately i was like after that i was like i started to pray like god send me somebody you know that can speak into my life that i'm willing to listen to Mm -hmm. and you know uh i got an email out of the blue um um, from someone in south america saying god told me i'm supposed to like mentor you Come on, (laughs) and i'm like i don't know who this person is they're They, You know, it's not somebody that people know of. It's it's just a random person. And I'm reading their story in this email. And I I had a decision to make then. And it was either to get offended at the email and say, oh, how dare you think you can mentor me? Or to ask the Holy Spirit what he thought about it. You know, and as soon as I asked the Holy Spirit, he was like, yeah, you need to get you need to get in contact with this person. And we've been meeting over zoom and it's been like the presence of the Lord has been showing up. You know, I'm, I'm literally just sitting there like soaking in this guy's knowledge, you know, cool. and experience. And the Holy spirit just shows up. The presence of the Lord shows up during these zoom calls, you know, and it's just, we're just like chatting. We're just talking, you know? Yeah. And to me, that's a confirmation of, uh, God wanted that unity to happen. You know, mm-hmm. God wanted so- something that him to be able to impart something to me that I wouldn't have had, you know, Otherwise I wouldn't have had on my own. Um, another, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to share this. It's going to sound a little crazy to some people, you know, and sure, so crazy. Yeah. sorry, sorry if this sounds <laughs> yeah, crazy yeah. to you.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but I, I mean, there's another, there's another guy in my life, um, who I do consider a mentor. He hasn't had ex- some of the exact same experiences th- th- that I've had. And I, you know, and I have several people, like I would consider my dad, I haven't mentioned him a mentor of mine. Um, mm-hmm. my parents, even my grandparents, you know, like, definitely want to honor them while, while I'm mentioning their, uh, you know, mentioning them, but, um, but when it comes to like the prophetic ministry, you know, I think it's a little different anyway. So I, I have another person in my life who, um, has definitely, uh, spoken into my life a lot. And, uh, we were meeting over something that I wasn't too happy about. We were meeting over an issue, um, you know, something that he was essentially confronting, you know, And I was not too happy about it. And I was either going to like respond and say, you know what, I don't want to, I don't want to hear this and get up and walk out, you know, or I was going to sit there and listen and then ask the Holy Spirit, what do I need to apply? You know, like, and say, is there something here that he's right about? And do I need to apply this? You know, and I was like, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I don't always do this. You know, I don't know. I don't always make the right decision. But while I'm sitting there, I literally got this vision of like a 10 foot, Angel, and this is the part that sounds crazy to those of you all who are like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> Literally standing right next. Uh, to
1: him. No, do people talk about this stuff all the time? We'll oh, okay, cool, you. awesome, yeah, awesome. Yeah.
2: Anyways, this angel like standing right next to him. You know, when we're sitting in a coffee shop, and I'm, I just keep looking up over, like, you know, and I'm like looking at him, and I'm looking over, and I'm just like, I'm not gonna say anything about this because I don't want to sound crazy right now. <laughs> but you know, but at the same time, I was like, for me, it was like this confirmation of the Lord saying, like, "Hey, like, I, like, I'm with this guy." You know, like I'm here and like yeah. you need to listen to him, That's you good, know, man. like the same way, like Joshua, you know, in the Old Testament, like got that. The angel came to Joshua and said, like, hey, you know, uh, I'm a messenger from the Lord. This is what you're supposed to do, you know, and uh, it's like anytime an angel shows up, <laughs> even though in my case, it wasn't uh, it was a vision. It wasn't like I was physically seeing a literal angel. But right. but, you know, it's the same idea of like God confirming and saying like, you know, hey. Anytime in scripture and angel showed up, it was like, okay. And people start listening, you know, people start <laughs> taking yeah. notice, you know, like,
1: okay. <laughs> yeah. God means business. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that's the, um so you said you saw, you had like a vision, so you were just aware that something was there. You didn't see it with your your physical eyes.
0: Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash donate and become a partner today.
2: Yeah. So um, obviously there's a difference between, I don't know, you know, I haven't done a lot of research when it comes to visions and things like that. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't seeing it with my literal eyes. And there's and I think there's a difference between a an open vision, you know, mm-hmm. and like, um, I don't know what the other kind is called, so it, it, but it's it, more of like a. Yeah.
1: So um, my understanding is that an open vision is like basically I think what you had where it's like and then there's an actual like um, I can't remember what the other one is. It's like a vision. We'll actually have to have somebody on this show to like really do like because there's some people out there yeah. that are like this is their thing. And yeah. so um, if you guys have any suggestions, put them in the comments because we want to know um because we want to educate people but yeah (laughs) i need to be educated (laughs) yeah me too i get as much out of these shows as you know it's like yeah i'm actively like i have a spirit-filled christian walk you know signs and wonders all that good stuff but there's so much to learn and Yeah. yeah um and so yeah no you're you're in good company it's okay
2: yeah i mean i've definitely had you know both i've definitely had open visions where i'm seeing something that i don't know if it's there or not you know but most of the time when god when i talk about visions that i have a lot of the time especially on my youtube channel it's like it is like there there it's like it is me coming before the lord usually i have my eyes closed and i start to see basically like a movie reel you know Mm -hmm. like i'm seeing it as if it's real like as if it's there but it's not blocking my vision if that makes sense if i open my eyes i probably won't keep seeing it like usually you know there have been times where i've seen stuff like that but it's Mm -hmm. not the norm for me
1: yeah Um, and i've had both as well um so in this case with the angel there are people that physically with their own eyes see angels um and my sister growing up she was like that and i would be like i was so enamored by like where, where are the angels right now? She's like, like oh, am here, here. There's like one right behind you. That's like, crazy. Oh my gosh. It's, like, you know, like, it's so cool. And, um, yeah, and she would wake up and she would have like angels standing at the foot of her bed. And, um, I'm still praying for that. I want that too. Um, you know, uh, but, uh, yeah, I just get very like aware of them because what, what, the way my, my gifting kind of started was I sensed demons first. Um, mm. when I first became a, a believer, um, and I actually, I've actually seen demons with my own eyes multiple times. Um, and, uh, and then it was, and then it was angels. Um, and Dude. so, yeah,
2: angels are better, man. Like, uh, way better.
1: <laughs> I know I always like, you know, it's interesting. It's like the way that God chooses to, to reveal a gift to, to a person. I've had people like, Oh yeah, I saw angels first. And, you know, kind of like with my sister. And then, Mm -hmm. and then it was like, oh, and then they became aware of the demonic and all that. But me, it was the exact opposite. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, I think honestly, too, it was God really, really trying to hammer home for me. You don't need to be afraid of these, you know? Um, And so, yeah, I think that's, um, you know, just because God does something, you know, for somebody a specific way, God isn't, doesn't adhere to formulas. And so, you know, he's going to reveal those giftings to you in a different way, Troy. Or, you know, somebody else, um, you know, may have been a completely different order. So, which is just cool, you know, Um, we all have unique experiences. So, um, but why, you know, from your perspective, from, you can see like, why, obviously there's the offense thing with, you know, young people versus, you know, the older generations and having offense on both sides. And really a lot of that comes down to just like a lack of understanding um, Mm -hmm. of where the other is coming from. Yeah. But, but. You know, it's funny. I had a really, a really funny story. Um, of taking offense. Um, and I was, um, I was at, I was in YWAM and I was at, um, at in Kona, Hawaii, and it was like we were working a, um, this line outside, uh, serving people lunch, and we had music playing, and we, you know, we were putting stuff, you know, different music on while we're playing and having fun, and so then I decided to put on Queen, you know, Freddie Mercury, you know, not really godly music yeah so i'm playing it not really thinking anything of it and then this lady comes up to me and she goes are you guys listening to queen and she was uh she was like m- middle-aged you know she's like are you guys listening to queen she's like guys that's like not good and my pride kicked in and i just but i was like oh yeah you know i should just shut it off but i was like really upset i was just like bah! like she's screwing <laughs> the front and she's like and then I really started thinking about it. I was like, "God bless that woman for doing that." Because then I just, again, it was the same thing—really listening to the spirit instead of just my dumb brain um, and my pride. And he, re- you know, he was like, "You know, she's right." And I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh man!" So, God bless you, Michael Lienow's <laughs> wife. She's a gift. She's awesome. So, um, yeah, I just think uh, it's really important to just be mindful of of the correction that we get. And that we're mm-hmm. not just looking through the lens of I'm offended, ergo they're wrong. Um, and, yeah. you know, it's like, there's no possible way that, you know, us being in a younger generation, there's no possible way we could know everything. Like absolutely not. you Yeah. Know? Um, but from, from what you've seen, like why do you think there is such an aversion to miracles, prophecy? Yeah.
2: I think one of the main reasons is because, um, I mean, I, I can speak for myself. I guess in this in this instance, one of the things I saw when I was growing up, obviously, like there's hypocrisy sometimes in the church. You know, not everybody's a hypocrite, not everybody is a false prophet. You know, it's like not everybody is like over in that camp. But um, you know, and sometimes it's not it's not a case of someone not being a believer. It's just a case of like them not listening to the Spirit about a certain thing, doing something, and then that affecting the younger generation. You know. So, anyways, but there was this it was mixed with like already my my inexperience of the spiritual you know like i did not have the same experiences didn't see the same miracles that someone else had seen someone of the older generation mixed with some of the hypocrisy i saw some of the things where i was like well yeah you're saying god will do this but then i see you doing this behind closed doors you know like what is that you know like and uh so it was a mix of those things you know and i think i mean in my mind like that's only natural you know like it's literally the natural response. And unfortunately sometimes it is demonic, you know, like sometimes it's like, you know, blinders on people's eyes. And I mean, I'm just going to throw this word out here. I, you know, I sent you a bunch of notes. I'm not really sticking to them obviously, but yeah, I, uh,
1: do. I love it. Um, I
2: love it. The, the word is deconstruction, you know, deconstruction of the faith. And that's something that's huge. And it's actually viewed a lot of times as a positive thing. And and here, this is—I'm going to say something that might get some people upset. I don't know, but you know, we're talking about don't be offended, so please don't be offended. Yeah. <laughs>
1: we're going to bear it, dudes.
2: But Dude. deconstruction is is not always a bad thing. And if let me, you know, clarify that demonic deconstruction is always bad. But there's a godly deconstruction that happens that causes offense in the older generation sometimes. You know, and I'm saying this with a heart of grace, and like I'm I'm trying not to be the you know, the mouth of judgment here at all, because I honestly consider myself, I mean, I have four children, four kids. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I relate to the older generation sometimes more than the younger generation, Mm -hmm. you know, because I have four kids and, you know, and a mortgage payment and all those things, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm, I'm in a very similar situation in some instances and then other instances, obviously not because I'm still, you know, fairly young, but anyways, so there, there's a demonic deconstruction that, that says, You know, that's motivated by people having no real experience with God, like kind of where I was. You know, by the time I got to college, there was these ideas popping up of like, well, maybe everything I believed about God is not real. Maybe I need to, like, deconstruct this. I need to question everything. You know, that was definitely demonic, you know, in one sense. But there was also this, like, godly deconstruction that the Lord allowed to happen, which was I believed all these things about God but maybe the reason I never really met him personally was because those beliefs are standing in my way, you know, the positive beliefs, things like I have to work my way to earn God's favor, you know, things like that. Memorize They're,
1: whole chapters of the Bible. Yeah.
2: Like, yeah. like the more Bible I memorize, the holier I am, you know, it's like not necessarily true, right.
1: <laughs> you know, so. Especially done in the wrong spirit, you know, like, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. It all depends on where the, what the motivation is and where, where, you know, it's like, are we either, either we're responding to, the love of Jesus and that's why we're doing what we're doing or anything else <laughs> yeah. you know like any any other motivation basically and and so for me like there's there's this godly form of deconstruction which is uh the some people that have been in the church for a long time and and have been doing things a certain way but God, them literally coming to that grace moment of like meeting Jesus for themselves and and you know it being real and then god being able to build some of these things back up you know some of these spiritual truths that maybe they were starting to question you know but it's like i hope that makes sense i you know i, I hope I'm, i hope i'm saying that, in yeah, way that so, makes sense.
1: but one thing i wanted to go back to really quick because we just we started talking about deconstruction there are some people who are like D- this is the first time i'm hearing about this whole yeah. thing so we should talk a little bit about like what that actually is you kind of mentioned it already but so if, if somebody says "Hey, Troy." I'm hearing people talking about the deconstruction of their faith. What is that? What would you say?
2: Yeah. I mean, I I don't have the right, the real definition for it, but just from my perspective, obviously you can go Google it, but it would be a questioning of the faith, you know, it'd be a questioning of the things that you've been taught to believe, um, you know, and especially, when the world talks about deconstruction, they're saying, well, you need to question it because the only reason you believe it is because someone taught it to you. It's mm-hmm. because what you, that's what you've been ingrained, what's been ingrained into your belief system. So let's take those beliefs and think through them and see if they're really worth believing like that's what I would consider deconstruction. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. And, you know, in the sense of I honestly believe the Bible is the inherent word of God, you know, you know, in from that perspective, then, yeah, deconstruction is a bad thing. But from the perspective of if somebody wasn't here, here, here's where the where I feel like um, the the, uh, the problem happens is I think sometimes in the older generation, people don't understand that the person they're dealing with in the younger generation is actually not a Christian yet. They're not really saved, you know, and what happens is there a lot of judgment, you know, is like being From from the younger person's perspective, they're, you know, they're getting into worldly stuff. They're doing whatever they want to do, you know, and maybe it's from their parents or grandparents or people in the church. They're saying like, hey, you're a Christian. You shouldn't do these things. Christians don't do these things. You know, like we need to be set apart. We need to be living a, a godly life. They're hearing judgment. But the problem is they they they've been raised in church or whatever, you know, or they were in church when they were little they, everyone around them considers them a Christian. They even would consider themselves a Christian, but they haven't had that real experience with Jesus Christ. They haven't had that moment where they met the Holy spirit, you know, the Holy spirit revealed the truth of Jesus to them. And they might not realize that because they don't know what they're missing. And everyone else doesn't realize that because they just assume, well, they've been in church their whole life. They got to be a Christian. So what happens is the older generation sometimes treats them like they are saved and they're trying to keep them accountable and say like, you know cuz the word of god does talk about that it does say like hey if your brothers in sin you don't leave them there you know like confront them bring it to mm-hmm. them and you know and if they if like privately if they don't uh, repent then bring it to, bring it to them in front of the church you know like mm-hmm. publicly and if they don't repent you know then go to the next step but mm-hmm. but the problem is sometimes like myself included this this was my story you know was i was at a place where i thought i was a christian everybody around me thought i was a christian you know but I hadn't had a real experience with Jesus Christ, you know, and I just didn't know what I was missing. And so a lot of, you know, yeah. Anyways, I I have a prophetic word about it that, that might help a little bit, but, but but I think sometimes we need wisdom from the Holy spirit to know, has this person really met Jesus for themselves? You know, like, do they really know the Lord? You know, and I know, obviously I know you can, you can meet Jesus and then you can, you can backtrack. Like you can, Your your focus can get off. I know that, but it's a very subtle thing. But I think we need to understand. There's a difference between somebody who really knows Jesus, who is having doubts, you know, and somebody who their faith is being quote unquote deconstructed because they don't have the the rock to stand on. You know, Jesus said, when the winds and the in the waves of life come, like if you're on sinking, if you're on the sand, you're gonna your house is gonna topple over, and that's what has effectively happened with yeah. those who are raised in church, but yeah. don't have a real relationship with Jesus yeah. is they get hit with all the questions of the world and the, yeah. you know, the ideals of the world. And then it, the house topples over and everyone in their life says like, you need to stop deconstructing your faith. Why are you doing this? And the problem is th- they didn't do it. They just didn't have the foundation, you know, like, um, well, and also it's like, there's like, like
1: saying, it's like, uh, you there's some total of the four or five closest people around you and, you know um whether we like it or not especially if you're looking at like well i'll use the example of entertainment and as somebody who's called in the arts and entertainment industry like i i actually do have some insight spiritually into this just even from people that i've talked to that are in industry but also things that have been revealed to me as well um is whether we like it or not if if you're looking at entertainment to to fulfill something that God is supposed to have in your life. I'm not saying entertainment's bad. Like, um, but if you're using it to fill a hole of like, you know, um, I'm sad. And then you have the thought of like, uh, oh, maybe I should go to God now. Watch this instead. This will make me laugh, you know, or whatever. Um, Like you're being discipled by that. And I had somebody tell that to me a long time ago. And I was like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire (laughs) life. And now here I am saying it, like, it's true. I personally witnessed a noticeable difference in me when I started engaging in certain TV shows or movies. It it really does affect how you think. It affects your mood. It affects everything, Um, especially if you're a very like, a feeler type like I am, um, definitely. Um, but uh, the thing I wanted to say is, um, you know, like something that I, I always say to people is, uh, run to Jesus with your doubt, with your problems, with your sin. Say you sin, that sin wants you to hide. You know, it's like we saw it with Adam and Eve. You know, even way back in the garden, like what was their reaction when they got started walking through the garden? They hid from him. You know, um, we all know this, but. Um, I think there's a tendency to be like, God didn't heal that person, ergo, or my pastor cheated on his wife, ergo, I'm not following Jesus anymore. And my question then would be, well, who are you, who were you, who were you following? Who are you serving? If, if a yeah. man that we know men are, men's, you know, like we're in the process of sanctification and men, people will let you down. It's, it's an mm-hmm. inevitability, like because of the nature of the world we live in, but running to Jesus with your doubt with your, yeah, that person didn't get healed. And that's a bummer. Yeah. Your mom didn't get healed from cancer and she died. That's a, that, that, that hurts. That's a yeah. bummer, but running to Jesus with that stuff as opposed to a way. And I think that that's, that's really the difference. And that's something I've noticed with a lot of my friends who've gone through the deconstruction is that very thing where it's like, you know, Oh, God didn't do this thing. So I'm going to go, I don't even know if he's real anymore. And then you, you know, it's a, then they're around, they're even around people that are kind of cultivating that type of thought. Um, and it just becomes a, it, it, it's like a snare. It just like, and it just pulls you in.
2: Absolutely. And I, I honestly think like the person you're describing would, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like it's, it's a person who, you know, like perhaps they haven't met Jesus yet, you know, like, I, I mean, and I mean, obviously some of the things you said could describe someone that has as well. But yeah. to me, I think when the Holy Spirit gives us that, like, and now I'm kind of talking from the older gener- generation perspective a little bit, looking, you know, looking. And I mean, I, and I have these thoughts because I have four kids. You know, I, I have thoughts about like, hey, which of my kids are saved, which ones are not, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, But I think sometimes it takes the Holy Spirit giving us wisdom to know. And like this revelation of is this person, do they have a real relationship with Jesus, you know. Do they have that revelation of God's grace? And if the Holy spirit is saying like, no, they're not there yet. Like they're on their way, you know, there, some growth has happened, but they're, they've not made that decision yet, or they, they don't really understand it yet, you know, or they don't truly believe it. You know, it's like, and I'm, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I, I feel like I need to say an aside, like I'm not trying to like necessarily make like big theological statements here, but I'm just trying my best to explain and it yeah, from, yeah, from my perspective.
1: You know, and it's like, I think, I think people get it, you know, and, but, to add to what you're saying, I think I mean, to quote scripture you will you will know them by their faith, or I mean, you'll know them by their fruit by their fruit, yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. and my my point
2: is like, if we know that they're at that place, we need to look at them the way Jesus looked at sinners, you know, we need to stop treating them like they're a church kid that's like been led astray you know what i mean like they're like they're a good christian kid they just they just had you know like they've just like fallen into the wrong crowd and it's like obviously yeah the wrong crowd is going to lead them down the wrong path but at the same time it's like well we need to stop holding them up to a a, the standard of as if they were a believer you know if they're not you know and i I mean there's a lot of subtlety that happens there depending on the person you're dealing with yeah but but at the same time it's like it, it's helped me to realize you know like I was in college and I would look around at my friends I thought all my friends in college went to a Christian university I thought all my cr- friends were Christians and I just mm-hmm. I would look around and I'd be like why are my friends acting this way like why yeah. are they doing that like I'm like there's no way I would go and do that like you know this is after I was saved yeah. and like why are they doing that and then it got to the end of college and kind of and found out and it's directly from some of them like hey I don't really believe in God you know like or I don't don't really consider myself a Christian mm-hmm. and my perspective changed suddenly and I realized like oh my gosh, I was treating my friends like they were Christians who were doing the wrong thing mm-hmm. when I should have been treating them like a lost friend, you know, like a friend who needs to meet Jesus. And it, once I see it from that perspective, it's like, well, what did I need when I was lost? I needed the grace of God. You know, like I needed to know, I need to hear the gospel, the good news mm-hmm. that Jesus died for my sins, all of my sins, despite everything I've ever done. He loved me enough to die for me. And it's like, I like,
0: I like what you're hearing. Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. Now, back to the show.
2: After the fact, I wish I had shared that with them more often. You know, and I was, I, I was, I started talking to one of my friends when I was in college. I looked over at him and just, you know, during a worship service and we, and you know, started asking him how he's doing and all this stuff. And like, we're talking in the back, not supposed to be talking or whatever, you know, during this like chapel service. Anyways. And, and we get into a discussion on God's grace. And so I started to share with him everything that God had revealed to me about his grace over that past year, you know, which is literally just scripture, basically <laughs> like what the Bible says about God's grace. And he we get and we leave the chapel service. We're walking away and he looks at me and he says, I've never heard anyone talk about God that way. Wow. And he was raised in a Christian home his whole life. Mm. And I looked at him and I said that, dude, that's the Bible. Like the only thing I've shared with you is what the Bible says about the grace of God, you know? And it's just like, like dumbfounded me, you know, but Mm -hmm. I I think, I think we just, sometimes we need wisdom from the Holy spirit. Like, is Mm -hmm. this person found Jesus yet? Have have they, have they, you know, come home in a sense yet? And do we need, uh, should I treat them as if they are a member of God's family or should I, does that make sense? Should yeah, I be more I evangelistic toward them? Yeah. You know, even if it's somebody that's been in church for a long time. And anyways,
1: yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, I and mean, Here's the thing, too, that I want to point out, um, just as we've been talking, you know, about de- the deconstruction movement um, and how you were saying good. There's good deconstruction versus bad. And I, you know, honestly, a lot of times I feel like this is the case where to any movement that's more negative that, that, you know, people are saying is good, but is actually more negative. God is always, it's, it's because Satan is doing it in response to something that God is doing. There's always this parallel. I mean, you see this all over the place right now Um, just with a lot of issues in the world that you can look at what, okay, well, here's what, here's, what's being, you know, uh, pushed out. Um, you know, in the media or whatever. But then, oh, look at this. actually, this other thing is going on right now that's, you know, like whether it's like you know, woke, you know, the woke movement versus revival. Like God's mm-hmm. actually in the state of revival, right? like right now, like revival's happening, you know? Mm-hmm. and um, and one thing that I've noticed because this is what happened to me over the past couple of years was, yes, there's people in this deconstruction movement but there's the other the good deconstruction that's actually happening where god was for me was distilling down for me just the simplicity of the gospel and um and it was like absolutely powerful because it's like that's the thing i love so much about the gospels it's like it is so simple a, a three-year-old can understand it yeah you can explain it to a three-year-old And, um, get it. and th- yeah and that's something that is so beautiful and i think um yeah. So for every for every movement, there's always a. Or I I should say this. I'll say it this way. For every movement that God is doing, there's a counter movement that Satan is trying to do, mm-hmm. because God is sovereign. Um, it shouldn't be the other way around. Where for every movement God's doing a counter movement to counteract it. No, yeah. God has the upper hand every mm-hmm. time. You know. So Satan doesn't want you to know that.
2: Yeah. So this is the word I I mentioned it. So I guess I should might as well share it. This is the word I got about deconstruction from the Lord. Um, This is what the the Holy Spirit said. Reconstruction follows deconstruction. Um, So obviously it's like there's what you're saying applies here, you know, like that God is wanting to do something, even with all of this, you know, evil deconstruction happening. It's like God is, God is maybe God's wanting to do something. And then I, I heard him say, I'm going to reconstruct the pathway to my presence my throne room and my glory in the minds of those who have gone through a deconstruction. And then I heard deconstruction of purpose, of plan and of platitude, which was just weird to me because I don't know what that word is. And I don't even know if I've ever heard it before. Like I heard him say that and I wrote it down and I was like, "Mm, I don't even know if that's a real word. I literally had to go look it up, like to see what that meant. Um, Like, yeah. And this was like for me, when I looked it up, it was like, dang, this is confirming, you know, like that. I heard that and didn't know what it meant. Mm -hmm. But but what you said about like the simplicity of the gospel, like that's what I think he's saying here. Like I'm going to reconstruct the pathway to my presence, my throne room and my glory. It's like that's once everything else, once all the layers fall off and then God says, "Okay, you were trying to get to me through all of these things, you know, and, you know, some of them were great things. You know, some of them were good things like reading the Bible every day. That's a good Mm -hmm. thing. But your relationship with God can't be reading the Bible every day. Like Mm -hmm. you can't. You don't come to the Father through the Bible. You come to the Father through Jesus. <laughs> you know, like you can you can meet God while reading the Bible. You can meet Jesus while reading the Bible, but it's like you can't you're not gonna show up in heaven and be like, okay, let me in because I read the Bible every day. You know, like God's gonna be like I,
1: yeah. your ticket of entry is I now I will recite the whole Bible from cover to cover. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I you know, I mean, even Jesus himself said like some will say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these miracles in your name? And he's going to be like, I, I just didn't know you. I never knew you. I, I never knew you. Like, that was what I wanted. Well, I wanted you to know me personally.
1: Yeah, and that's and, not to strike heart into people. I, I've talked to friends before. They're, like, terrified of that verse. Like, yeah. And I'm like, that. what Troy is talking about is the solution to that. It's the simplicity of the gospel. It's, it's yeah. pursuing Jesus and being in communion with Jesus that's it and just let this stuff fall off
2: yeah and I for me you know I under I've, I heard that recently uh like last week somebody said that verse just scares the crap out of me mm-hmm. you know and I was just like really I didn't realize that like that verse makes me feel so comforted and here and I was like I I don't know I, I I think the reason it makes me feel good is because I look at it and I go man these people are doing all these miracles and signs and wonders and like how much of that have i done lately? not not very much, you know? Mm-hmm. And then i look at the end part and Jesus is like the question is do you know me? And i'm like, well, i know Jesus. You know, like right. <laughs> i'm like yeah. i i don't have to be afraid because i know Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like when you get it's it, it's like when you get the simplicity of the gospel and you you know and it's like to anyone who that verse makes you feel afraid, this is my encouragement to you, go get it get along with the lord in prayer worship time for 5 minutes, 5 minutes sit there and then say, Jesus, what have you done for me? You know, what have you done for me? Let the message of the gospel, like meditate on it. Let it like refresh your spirit, you know? And then when, when that happens, you're going to say, you know what, like maybe I, you know, maybe I haven't spent a lot of time with the Lord lately, but I know him, you know, like I believe this with all my heart. Like, you know, and that is, Jesus said, this is the work that God requires of you, that you believe in him whom he has sent. That's it. That's the work, yeah. you know, that's, that's the requirement. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so and that I
1: think belief is that even is like my wife and I were talking about faith last night and I was like, it's one thing to just say, oh yeah, I believe I always use the analogy of like a chair. We, everybody sits in chairs all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's never one moment where I sit on my couch and go, this thing's not going to hold my weight. Um, yeah. you have faith in it so much so that you don't even think about it. Like your faith is that in tuned with your faith in that couch that you're like, yeah, it's whatever, you know, of course it's going to, of course it's going to hold my weight, but it's like saying, Oh, I believe that this is going to, uh, that this couch can hold my weight. I 100% believe. And then you, you know, every single time you go to sit on you go, no, I think oh, I should sit on the ground, you know, like, and it's, a, it's just about like the engagement of your faith you know and if jesus said hey greater things than these will you do then run with that you know like go with them be like okay yeah and it's going to be an, a messy process <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's amazing yeah yeah so. that's awesome yeah um, yeah, <laughs> so, um, I
2: mean, the, the same way you would sit on a chair, it's like, well, are you sitting on like, that's, that's the statement you're making. But it's like, are you sitting on what you believe, you know, like, are you actually putting it to use,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and sometimes, you know, if that's the work, you know, if the work is to believe in him whom he has sent, sometimes all we really need. You know to get back to a good place with the lord is to sit and think about what he's done you know like i mean, i like to use the phrase like look at the cross just sit mm-hmm. there and look at it until yeah. it fixes the problem mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know and if you really are a christian that's going to work every single time you mm-hmm. know if someone's not uh, not saved yet or or it, you know, or if they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus or they don't understand the gospel, whatever, however you would phrase it. It's like, if they're not at that place yet, it's not going to work necessarily. I mean, they might get saved while they're doing it, Mm -hmm. but, but you know, but if you're, but if you really know Jesus, you you like the Holy Spirit is, he is the assurance of that faith. Like the word says that he's going to assure our hearts, even when our hearts condemn us, you know, it's like, he literally tells us you're mine. I got you, Mm -hmm. you know? And if we just sit with him for a few minutes and like, Get into the gospels, read the gospels, whatever it is, worship the Lord. It's like, Mm. spend that time with him that in that intimate place with the Lord, like in just try, you know, the same way you would try Like you said, you try to sit on a couch, maybe someone would look at an old rickety couch and think, I don't know if that's going to hold my weight or not. I've never sat on that thing before.
1: I'm not putting my faith in that. Yeah. yeah,
2: But at the same time, it's like, well, you're not going to know if you don't try, you know? And it's like, if you, if you just sit with the Lord, like he is going to refresh you. Like that's what a personal relationship is. It's not all, it's not on you. It's, you know, he's Mm going to respond to your faith. Like, that's what it's about. And yeah. Okay. So I'm going to jump back to this platitude word because I mentioned it. and (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So this was, he said, deconstruction of purpose of plan and of platitude. This is the definition of platitude when I worked, when I looked it up, a remark or statement, especially one with a moral content that has been used too often to be interesting or thoughtful. Mm -hmm. So I looked up Christian platitudes. This is what I found. God works in mysterious ways mountaintop experience praise report i'm on fire for god so these are these are like cr- what we have classified as christianese you know like mm-hmm. that's the way we yep. say it but that's essentially what this is another one is have you asked jesus into your heart mm-hmm. you know like it's like these things where it's like we say these things and this is what i this is what i believe the lord is saying Is like all the things that are like in a sense christianese all these things like the lord is like stripping them away and trying to get us centered on the mess, the simple, pure message of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And that's where somebody, you know, when the Lord gives us that like knowledge, like this person needs Jesus, you know, it's like we, as in in some ways, as the older generation, you know, I mean, obviously like younger, older generation, we're, you and I are in the younger, the younger generation, as far as what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. But when I look at my kids, they're in the generation below me, you know, Mm -hmm. then I have to look at it from this perspective of, I just asked my child if they've asked Jesus into their heart and my child just looked at me and said, is Jesus three inches tall? Does he live in my heart? You know, like he's this size, like how does he fit into my chest? You know, like how does that work? You know? And I'm like, and I have to realize like I have to let go of some things so that I can share my faith with this person who's younger than me. You know, some things Mm -hmm. that maybe I love, maybe my favorite thing to say is like I just had a breakthrough moment with the Lord You know, but that's it's like and this is just an example, obviously, like the sayings, but there's uh, there's other things, you know, like maybe something I do in worship, you know, like, you know, I might I might like dance around or throw my hands up or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. and like I might look over at someone else and be like, well, the reason you're not the reason like you're not having a good experience with God, you know, and you're not really feeling like God is really there for you is because you're not doing this, you know, you're not doing it the way I'm doing it. And the problem is like, that's not how I met Jesus. You know, like right. I need to let that go. Yeah, I think that's and, huge, man. You know, and and I need to say, hey, like, ha, do you, have you heard the gospel? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and yeah. if you have, like, did you understand it? Like, the, the, like, you know, like what's not connecting here? Like, I need to have a conversation on their level and also like from their perspective, like walk yeah. in their shoes for a minute and say like, well, like, how do you see God? You know, like yeah. what like what has your experience been with the Lord? You know, and like come at it from that perspective, instead of the perspective of like, these are all the things that I have, you know, and, and I got this uh, picture, this illustration from the Lord about this um, recently of like you know somebody running through an airport with like their you know uh, ho- holding all this baggage or this luggage, you know, mm-hmm. like, and we've got wheels on the bottom of the thing. We've got a, a, a pullout handle. You know, we've made it real easy to carry luggage around nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like you've got fancy l- bags of luggage. You got the ones where the handle comes straight up and you just like push it and it rolls. Yeah. Got four wheels got on the bottom.
1: Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you got
2: <laughs> it's so easy to carry yeah. a lot of weight. And the problem is we're taking all this stuff that's in here. We 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 open the luggage, we take all the stuff inside and we hand it to the next generation and they don't have the luggage because they haven't had the experience of mm-hmm. like collecting all this stuff they don't have the they don't have the the wheels and the handles so suddenly they've got this big wad of stuff and they're running around like well, how do i h- handle all this stuff how do i hold on to all this mm-hmm. stuff and really we only needed to pull one thing out of the bag and that was the gospel and handed to them mm-hmm. that was the only thing yeah. you know
1: yeah and, and i yeah, was actually just watching a, a video with somebody who was talking about why well, god, god doesn't do miracles anymore and that was for back then and this is you know, and I'm just like, what about, I, dude, I can't tell you how many stories I've heard of people who had no, no infrastructure around them of any kind of like any believers around them. And they got a hold of a Bible and they got saved. And then they just started doing what Jesus said and started seeing signs and wonders. How do you explain that? Like, you know, it's just like, and it, 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 they didn't have any of that religion. They didn't have any of that baggage. It was just pure salvation relationship with Jesus believing yeah. his word and 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 their belief was demonstrated by their actions and what they did out mm-hmm. of love out of out of the relationship with Jesus you know it's like um it's kind of like with a relationship with like uh a child and their parents if they grew up in a healthy home and they have a good relationship they're then going to treat other people the same way you know and it's it's sort of the same way with our relationship with Jesus and how we you know, in our communion with the father is like out of that relationship comes everything else, you mm-hmm. know? And yeah. So, yeah. It's good stuff, man.
2: That's awesome. You. Hey, I don't know how much time you have. So I just don't, I want to be like, yeah, we're, we're just time. about out of time.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry, everybody.
2: <laughs> can I, can I share one last thing?
1: Yeah, please. Absolutely. Okay.
2: So this is like, um, This is something the Lord gave me, I I felt like recently, and it was like it it, it related directly to this is this picture of like. Talking about all that baggage, you know, and sometimes that baggage can be like our perspective, the way we see things, you know, as as a Christian and the way we do things, you know, whether we're in the prophetic stream, whether we're over here, you know, Mm -hmm. signs and wonders more or whatever it is, whether we're like very theological, you know, whatever it is. Um, He just gave me this picture of like great evangelists like who have passed away, like Billy Graham, Reinhard Bonnke, you know, like, like John Wesley, you know, like people like who are these great evangelists or like prophets or teachers, whatever, like who are in heaven. And so it's like this, like, I don't know, like a short film was playing in my mind or something Mm -hmm. essentially like said to them in this, like, you know, picture, like obviously, but like, Hey, I'm going to send you all back and y'all are going to be an evangelistic team. You're on a mission to get the world saved. You know, you're on a mission to share Jesus with people. Like, and, and this is like, this is the picture I got. As soon as they hit earth, you know, they would, they would say, okay, we're going to do everything we can do to get people saved. We're going to work together the best way we can. We're going to walk in unity, you know, and some people would be from an older generation, obviously younger John Wesley versus like, you know, Reinhard Bonnke completely Mm -hmm. different like eras, but it's like different views and everything, but they had, These people had seen eternity. They had seen God, you know, like they they had been in his presence. It's like they would would be at a place where they would not allow anything, like offenses, differences of opinion. They would not allow anything to get in the way of sharing Jesus with people. Mm -hmm. Not one thing, you know. It it would be like this unified group of just like super, super evangelists. Mm -hmm. And this is what I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, like that's not going to happen. God's not sending them back. We are the team. Mm -hmm. We are that team, you know, like Mm -hmm. as Christians, as believers, younger generation and older generation, like together, you know, we need to stop (laughs) letting things get in the way. You know, like we need to stop letting our differences of opinion and our different experiences get in the way. And at least if nothing else, at least try to walk in unity to the best ability that we can on what we do agree on. If we both are Christians, like which is the gospel, you know, and go from there like mm-hmm. anyways so
1: yeah <laughs> yeah no i think it's great man so um all right like i said we're kind of out of time but this was great man and i it's very clear that we could talk a lot a lot longer about a lot of this stuff yeah uh, a lot of these topics are like shows in and of themselves you know um and i'm sure there's plenty of people that were like no like talk more about that um yeah 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 um but uh can you just pray for the people as you feel led um and just you know light it up bro definitely. Yeah.
2: Jesus, we love you so much. Lord, I just ask that you would clarify what you've been saying today in people's hearts, that whatever me or Jeff said that was just wasn't from you, Lord, that you would just push it aside, Holy Spirit, and that you would speak specifically to people as they go about their days, Lord that you would remind them of what's been said that was from you, the, the thing that you were speaking specifically to their spirit. And I just ask, Lord, that you would help me, first of all, to walk humbly with other believers, no matter what generation they're from, no matter our differences of belief, as if we know you, Jesus, we can be united if we truly know you. And I just ask that you would help every person listening to take on an attitude of humility, an attitude of unity, Lord. Lord, I ask for more signs and wonders, God. I ask for the, the message of the gospel to be confirmed with signs and wonders. Lord, we know that what's impossible with man is possible for you. Thank you, Holy Spirit we just give you all the praise honor and glory right now. There's no one like you Jesus. No one has done what you have done. Thank you Jesus. Thank you for moving in hearts right now. Lord, if there's anyone who's been listening to this, even if they don't get to this point, God, in the in the in the message, Lord, if there's anyone who's been listening that does not know you or has been their their belief has been blocked by a demonic lie, Or whatever it may be, Lord, by intellectualism, whatever it is, Lord, I ask that you would strip that lie out of their hearts right now in Jesus' name, that you would get through to them, God, through your Holy Spirit, that you would bring people into their lives to speak truth in love to them, to speak the message of the gospel, to share the love of God with them. Thank you, Holy Spirit. To demonstrate the reality of your power. In Jesus name, I pray. Jesus name.
1: Amen. Troy, thank you so much, man. Um, you're super, super generous with your time. Like this was, this was really good, man. I think it's gonna really gonna bless a lot of people.
2: Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Jeff. And I've got so many things that I did not get to talk about, but it's all yeah.
1: good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time. So it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. um, happens. Yeah. So, uh, Troy, how can people follow follow you and what you're doing? Obviously, you have your YouTube channel.
2: Yeah, so I'm on YouTube. You can also go to TroyBlackVideos.com. dot um, I'm I'm also on a few other places like Facebook, TikTok now, kind of on Instagram. I also have books available. Um, you can find those on Amazon um, or by going to my website.
1: Very cool. Well, Troy, thank you so much, man. God bless you. It, like, it just you're awesome. I, I, this was great. So, this
2: is great. Thank yeah. you so much, Jeff. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So, all right, everybody, that is our show. I wanted to uh, encourage all you guys to just, uh, you know, heed the words that were spoken here, especially if you're feeling just that ache inside of your heart. Uh, just submit before the Lord spend some time like Troy was saying five minutes quiet before the Lord and just yeah just be in his presence um, and allow him to just reveal himself to you because he will and he wants to so guys go do something you love today God bless and remember to engage your faith God bless